Thank you, Tony and Catherine there, and thank you for coming tonight to remember the Lord Jesus and uh, another year ahead of us, and we'll do that next Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday it is, yes. <laughs> but he's brought us through another year safely. We're here. We can sing. We can hear. We can <clears throat> take heed to his word as we have over the past year. <clears throat> Just entitled the message something very simple. Our Lord. Our Lord. First of all, our Lord and his manner. His manner was lowliness. One of lowliness. And this is depicted probably best in the portion of scripture that we often go to. To speak about the Lord when he and he's coming down to us. It's in the book of Philippians chapter 2. And you may have it already memorized from hearing it as often and reading it as well. This is Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 7. <clears throat> the most wonderful day of the year. And as we're looking at time, a timeline on Sunday, that's only a couple of days ago, it was around 4,000 years from creation to the time of the Lord's birth. 2004 was 6,000 years from creation, it's said, as you calculate those generations in the book of Genesis. And here he came forth to be born. It, it, the time appointed, it was the right time, the right place, the right day, all worked out before the world was made. The Lord had this all worked out. And we read there in Philippians 2 verse 5, Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found fashion, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. So his manner was one of lowliness. If we had the opportunity to present a king to the world, how would we have done it? Regally, roll out the red carpet as we say, chariot of gold, power, everyone stand back. Everyone bow. That's what we would do. But God chose to present our Saviour, His Son, in a very lowly manner. Lowliness at His birth. In Micah 5 and verse 2 we read, Thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth he that shall be ruler in Israel. Bethlehem Ephrata. We remember Bethlehem. We, we um, maybe dramatize it a bit in our mind. But it was an out-of-the-way town. It was among the thousands of towns in Judah, as it says in that verse. It also refers to that in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. It said in the reading we had earlier, they laid him in a manger. This is lowly place Bethlehem 
a lowly place to be born because there was no room in the inn, laid him in a manger. And so the lowliness of his birth. There's the loneliness, lowliness of his baptism as well. In Matthew 3 there it refers to when he came to John to the Jordan to be baptized. And John saw him coming. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. John the baptizer knew who he was. And John said, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And the Lord said, no, let it be thus. Because this is the way it's appointed to be. Lowly in his baptism. He wasn't one that strutted down there and I'm important. But he presented himself lowly. And the baptism was, remember, the beginning of his ministry. As he then went into ministry, the Lord himself. He's lowly also, not only in his birth and baptism, but in his belongings. And what he had on the, in this world. You know, we look at men and, and we think, well, they must be an important person. They've got a lot of stuff. <laughs> what did the Lord have? Well, as it reads in Matthew 8 verse 20, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have the nests, their nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head, lowly in his belongings that he had. Oh, some, there's a lot of lessons we can learn from the lowly Lord Jesus. And his manner here. Fourthly, he is lowly in manner as far as the blessings that fell upon the needy. When John the baptizer was asking whether you're the one or do we look for another, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 5, this is what, how the Lord replied. He said, go and tell John, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Lowly in his blessings upon the lowly people of the world. It didn't say he preached the gospel, although it did fall to the ears of them people, the rich people. But the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And these other people, all with ailments that they couldn't themselves heal and the doctors couldn't do anything for them, he was able to bless them. So he's lowly in his blessings and the ones he blessed and ministered to. Did he not say that uh, about rich people, it's as hard for a rich man to go into the kingdom of heaven as it is for a camel to go through the eye of the needle? And uh, because they don't think they need God. But the lowly and the poor... Those that have great needs recognize their need. And so he's lowly in blessing these people. These are the ones that associate with him. These are the ones that will be in eternity with him as his children. He's lowly also. He was lowly in his service, was he not? And he represented that in, or presented that in John's Gospel, chapter 13, where he took the towel, girt himself, and washed the disciples' feet. And he said, go and do likewise. Happy is the man that doeth these things. To minister and serve. So lowly in his service. Lowly in his sacrifice, as we read in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. Even the death of the cross. It emphasizes that, even the death of the cross. And <clears throat> we read in Corinthians, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift that he gave to the world his own life 
Thanks be unto God, his own son was given to us. The unspeakable gift. And uh, this side of eternity we may not understand, comprehend how unspeakable the gift of Jesus' life was to us. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. Lowly in his service, lowly in his sacrifice. This is for criminals to die this way. Not for the son of God, but he was sacrificed and shed his blood for our sins and lowly servants (laughs) aren't you glad the Lord picks lowly servants (laughs) because we might not be in the service of the Lord people that say well I can't do it like Moses in the Old Testament Lord I can't speak I need someone to speak for me well you've got Aaron then (laughs) regrettably the Lord almost said (laughs) But Aaron will be your spokesperson, your speaker for you. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, <clears throat> it speaks there of the Pharisees as they looked on and the disciples they'd taken, taken to jail. Well, they were going to, they captured them and took them in, took them to task. And they realized that these people had been with Jesus And they were unlearned and they were ignorant men. It says in Acts chapter 4. The Lord is lowly in whom he chooses to serve him. And chose to serve him in the early church. And even till now as we read in 1 Corinthians 26 and 28. It was 26 through to 28. You see how not many wise, not many noble, not many... uh, Rich, but the foolish and the weak things of this world God hath chosen to do his work and ministry, lowly in his service. This is the manner of the Lord, his lowliness. And I think we'd do well to take heed and look. And, and if we feel like we can't do anything and we're not of any value, don't think that way because God uses the person that realises their real position before the Lord. And the the Son of God came there at Bethlehem and presented to us a different sort of king than what we would expect. His manner, lowliness, his motive. Why did he come? What does it say in John 3.16? For God so loved. That's the motive. That's why he came. (laughs) He loved you. He loved me with an eternal, sacrificial love. He wants no one to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. And his loving heart is not that they should go to hell, but that they should be saved. This is why he came, because he loved. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And so his motive was love, his manner was lowliness, his medium to communicate this message of love was light. And that's very plainly put in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. The medium was light. In fact, as you think of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, those people that were, those 
Wise men that were led from afar were led by a, a star, the light, and stood over where he was. And then in Luke chapter 2, as we was read earlier, and verses 9 through to 14, the glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds. The light, the light again, the star, the glory of the Lord and the angelic uh, presence there. And then in Matthew 17 and verse 2, he was transfigured before them and they saw his glory. He's... His face, it says, did shine like the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. God is light, and his medium to communicate the message of love to us is through the light of the word of God. In the Gospel of John, as I mentioned earlier, chapter 1 and verse 3, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. In verse 7, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men might, through him might believe. He was not the light, John the Baptist, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And we have the light of the glorious gospel that shines into us. And the condemnation is, in chapter 3, verse 19 of John, that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. If people believed in the light, this place would be full to capacity and there would be a lot bigger building needed. But people want the darkness instead of the light. And so this is the condemnation. And what a condemnation comes upon people who have heard about it but have never looked into it for themselves and never come to the light. Have you seen the light? Huh. Man is just, just discovering the power of light. <clears throat> the optic fibers that we have, not that the NBN's any good, <laughs> but uh, not in our house anyway, but it, it, the optic fibers that bring it to you, if you've ever cut one or ripped it up with a bulldozer <laughs> run <laughs> but it's only about that thick some sizes are different but it's tiny little threads of glass that light shines down there and they can put down each one of those little threads encyclopedias every second every little thread that's in that optic fiber and it's light that's taking the message isn't that appropriate <laughs> Man's just discovered that through the light we can get the message. We can think of laser beams. The laser beams that can be used for different, different things. We probably use them. We can use them as weapons. We can use them to communicate. We can use them to level things. We, uh, many different ways light can be used like that. Bluetooth. I don't know what that involves. You have to ask those fellows at the back. <laughs> but to communicate somehow sounds, sounds like light to me. But God is light and he communicates that. When we believe that the Lord Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem, came for me to die for my sin and we see the light, what a great light it is that's turned on inside. I see, I see, said the blind man that couldn't, couldn't see it all. And that was a response of a person that comes to the truth of the word of God. 
His message, well, his manner is lowliness. His motive is love. His medium is light. His message is what? Life. Life and liberty. <laughs> Luke 9.24 For whosoever would save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. And that's very true. It doesn't seem logical. It doesn't seem right. But it works because God said it would. Have you found the light? Found the life. John 10.10 said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Sorry. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He's given his life that we might be saved as his sheep. And in 1 John chapter 5 in the New Testament there, 1 John chapter 5 verse 11 to 13, we read, And this is the record that God hath given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Is there life in anyone else? Is there eternal life? Can we get it from somewhere else? Some other individual or person? No, we cannot. Only through the Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. He might be living, but he's a dead man, man walking. Physically alive, but spiritually dead. Jesus came that we might have life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. Do you, do you know today you've got eternal life? Have you trusted the Lord Jesus? Has the light shone in your heart and you understand what life is about? We read in Isaiah 61 and verse 1, He not only has given us the message of life, but also of liberty. And Isaiah 61 verse 1 the second part of that verse reads, Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek, he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the repentant one, to the prisoners, and those who are bound. Liberty to the captives. And in Galatians, stand fast in the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. When we come to the light, when the life of God becomes present in our life, we are set at liberty. And it's a long time since I saw it, but old Pilgrim's Progress film that we used to show. Um, <clears throat> remember old Pilgrim? What was he doing before he got saved, before he became a Christian? What was he carrying? A big, big bag of stuff. <laughs> sin. <laughs> big bag of sin. And he was struggling up the hill as it were, Calvary. <laughs> and he come to the cross. And there, when he looked up at the cross and saw the one on the cross, what happened to the big burden of sin, the bag of sin? <laughs> Fell off, rolled off. And he was at liberty from his sin. As, you, know, you can sort of picture, speaks a thousand words. And when I was younger and saw that, <laughs> that's what it's like. The message of God is life and it's liberty. And last of all, his majesty... Lordship, he's Lord of our lives. He ought to be. As it reads in the portion we started with in Philippians, again, chapter 2, and the verses following, verse 9. <coughs> Philippians 2, verse 9. 
Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is Lord, isn't he? And we sing a song like that. His majesty is Lord of all. Whether you humble yourself here and bow at the foot of the cross before the Lord Jesus, the burden rolls off, or whether in the future when you are compelled to bow before him, we all will bow, every knee shall bow. Things in heaven and things on the earth. And confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. Whether you believe it or not, whether you're listening in and you don't believe it, it'll happen to you. It's got to happen willingly here. You choose to humble yourself under the hand of God or in the future you are made to. The babe of Bethlehem, his lowliness, his love, he is light, his message is life and liberty and he will be proclaimed Lord of all in the near future. And even so, come Lord Jesus. We say, Maranatha, even so, come Lord Jesus. Come the second time, without sin unto salvation, that we might be in your presence forever and ever.